Hello and welcome. I'm Jody Carlton and your host today. I'm neurotypical, which means I'm not autistic, but I've spent my entire life in relationships loving people who are autistic. Moreover, I've spent the majority of my career educating about autism and helping couples bridge the gap in neurodiverse relationships. But this podcast is for you. It's a place to talk with me, to share your struggles, talk to me about your wins, your challenges, your victories, and also hear from other professionals who really get it and understand you. So what will we talk about today? All right. Before we start with the episode today, I am very excited to announce that here we are eight weeks in and we are at 1,100 downloads, you guys. Um, That includes our listeners on on all the major podcast platforms and our YouTube listeners as well. And that is over 14 countries. People are tuning in and listening. I'm getting so much good positive feedback. People are saying, hey, love the podcast, love listening. People are booking with me to be guests on the show. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to be a guest on my show, a lot of these shows are, you know, lengthy and and I talk to my guests for a good 30 minutes, but you don't have to talk to me for 30 minutes. If you just want to call and have a a chat with me for 10 or 15 minutes, that's okay too. So don't be, you know, don't, don't be shy and don't feel um, daunted by the long podcast episode. If you just want to, you know, hop on a call and talk to me for, for a little bit, that's, that's fine too. We want to, this is your neurodiverse relationship podcast. And the strength of this podcast is how you get to hear from other people who are living such similar experiences as yourself. So the way to to book a podcast guest spot is you just fill out a form on our website, jodycarlton.com. The link to all that's in the description of every podcast, or you can just go to the website and click on the podcast link to get to that. And all the podcasts are pre-recorded, so nothing's live. We can edit things if you need that need us to. So nothing scary. Let's chat. I want to talk to you. All right. So if you missed part one of my interview with Matt and Jen, go back and listen to episode five. It's a Really great conversation that originally aired over on my YouTube channel as a video cast. So if you kind of like watching video, head on over to YouTube and you can watch it there. But this is such a great interview with these these folks. Um, so when they first came to me, they were really struggling like so many of you and even considering divorce. And this couple really truly loves each other, but we're, we're in a, just a, such a disjointed uh, place in their relationship and didn't understand what was going on between them until they they discovered this missing piece of the puzzle for them and that was neurodiversity. Now that doesn't mean that neurodiversity was the problem. As a matter of fact, Jen talks a lot about how she realized a lot of what she was bringing to this as well. And so you hear a lot about that in episode five. And today you're going to hear them talk about what they now have learned about their relationship, the skills that they learned through their private intensive coaching with me and what they're implementing in their relationship now uh, to really have a thriving relationship. And it's, it's such a wonderful thing to hear. And, you know, people have asked me a lot about, you know, do, do neurodiverse relationships really work? And I, I emphatically say yes. They absolutely can. And I do see them working. And Matt and Jen is a good example of of that. Now, that doesn't mean that every neurodiverse relationship is going to work. But 
they absolutely can when there is an ability there, a willingness and a motivation for them to work. So I really encourage you to listen to this episode and, and learn from them. Yeah. And see, that's the thing in the beginning, especially when people are still learning, I tell folks, look, you're still going to do this. This is still going to happen. The same dynamics, the same meanings, the same misunderstandings are, are going to happen. But what you can do now is you're able, you're starting to raise that awareness. And after the fact, you can go back and say, Oh, I see what happened yeah. there. We got really good at that. Yeah. I mean, because obviously we still mess up and things still happen. And in awesome. the moment is still in the moment. It's kind yeah. of hard to think it all through there, but I mean, we don't blow up anymore. It's straight to like, what did you mean yeah. when you said the clarification and then the solution, how can we fix this? Yeah. So that you guys are just leading right into one of my next things I wanted to ask is, you know, what are some of the new tools? So let's talk about that some more and expand on that a little bit and tell people what kind of things, you know, come up and then what tools are you using? What's different now about how you interact when something comes up between you? I think we start with kindness and understanding instead of comparison control. Yeah. It's it, things are met with kindness. I love this man. He loves me. That's the base of, of us. You know, that's where we start. And then we communicate <laughs> basically. Right. Yeah. And I think to kind of clarify that maybe even was prior to being on with Jody, we got to the point where it was always just like, well, we've been here before. So I don't want to do this again. I'm frustrated. Why are we doing this again? That type of thing. Now it's more like, okay, well, obviously there's clarification or like a timeout because I'm stressed about the situation or something. Right. It's like back off from what's causing us the issue, reassess, recommunicate better. You know what's funny? I don't remember our last argument. Wow. That's a pretty big statement. Oh, so he's like, <laughs> I assess, I do all of this. I'm like, when was the last time we assessed, you know, cause it just goes straight to try to find the solution. Like we do all the steps. Like now it's very organic. Mm. Like that, 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 that. It's which nothing's wrong with that. That's how we were in the very beginning, but it's very organic now. And but I don't remember the last time we've had a little. Not a big one. Yeah. Well, it's so awesome that you're saying that because that's what I tell folks is right now. It doesn't feel natural. You're having to think yourself through the steps and, you know, you're still going to be, really be going through the same cycle in the beginning until you're able to go, what do we do there? And then over time, though, it becomes organic. Like you said, it, it, it becomes the new way of interacting. Yeah. I'd love to hear that from you guys that, you know, you don't even really fight anymore. And but as opposed to what you were saying, Matt, previously, <laughs> you're like, here we go again. You're cycling through. And yeah. that, that contributes to avoidance. And I want to just mention how dynamic that you guys were in is so similar to other people where, you know, here we are again. So Matt, you retreated and Jim, you pursued, you know, you mm -hmm. were like, oh, I'm going after fixer. I need to fix this. Right. And, and even though Matt's a fixer too, he yeah. would, we're not going to do this again. So I'm going to go away. And Jen's like, oh no, you're not. <laughs> I'm going for you. Right. And so now what I'm hearing though, is more of a partnership between the two of yeah. you. And something else I wanted to mention to reply to what you said, Jen, about we start with kindness. I tell couples all the time, people feel attacked and criticized and 
abandoned and all of these emotions. And I'm like, do you feel fundamentally that your partner, your spouse loves you and cares for you and doesn't want to harm you? And most people who are in a relationship that's really, you know, got that ability and willingness and motivation to fix this. Most people say, yes, I know. I know my partner's not actually trying to harm me. And I tell people to start with that. And that's what you just, the kindness and the respect, you know, you start there when you have this misunderstanding, you start with, okay, that hurt. That was confusing. I don't know what that is, but I know he's not trying to hurt me. I know she's not trying to hurt me. So let's figure out what happened here. And that's what it sounds like you guys have gotten really good at doing. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some examples? Can you guys share any examples of, you know, things that might come up for you that you then use these tools? It may be so organic that it's hard to even think about, but what can you, any kind of examples you can think? I can't remember what the conversation was. This has been a little bit ago. Um, but anyway, I can't remember what the conversation was, but basically she'd asked me a question about something and I had answered immediately, not thinking anything of it as far as like feelings or deeper meaning behind. I was just answering a question. And so then it was either she took that bluntness in the wrong context or that, you know, what I had answered was actually very crass and crude. So then it was, well, can you explain that a little further? Gave my mind time to process the question and, you know, more fully answer. Oh, I think that's a great example because regardless of what the actual content was, you know, the actual thing that she asked or said, and then the way you responded, the dynamic, what you did. And Jen, instead of reacting, assigning that meaning, and then, you know, putting that into the narrative of that conversation, you clarified, you've learned to say, Hey, what do you, what did you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt, that gives you the opportunity to go, okay, <laughs> hold on. Let me actually figure out what I do mean here. And think and about it a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those pauses, you know, it's like, okay, what did you mean? Okay. Let's clarify that. It clarifies, but it keeps that narrative from being formed. That is incorrect. When you mm-hmm. stop and go, Okay. I didn't understand that. That's so good to hear. What would you guys say? If you think back, what was some of the biggest like, oh, moments that you had as you were learning this process where it was just like, oh, okay. What do you remember? I have one. I was putting a lot on Matt, like a lot. I was expecting him to be my girlfriend. I was expecting him to be my therapist, my bestie, all the things. I was expecting everything. It was just him and me. We married really young. And then we moved away from family. And so we did our jobs and everything, but uh, I don't know, building friendships for me personally was quite, it wasn't, I mean, I did have friends, but I don't know. I put a lot on him, but self-worth comes from within. It doesn't come. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like when we were doing things with you. I'm sorry. You're probably going to have to edit this out. I brought the bird up to you a long time ago. Oh, I thought it was so beautiful and gorgeous. And I brought it to Matt and he's like, it's not the bird. Uh, And I got crushed inside because I was like, this means so much to me. And do you think it's just a bird? So I put a lot of myself, how I view myself and how he views it. I dimmed it. But now 
I've flourished in it. I've made a career out of it. Beauty, the things that I love. And he respects me as I no longer put myself worth into what anyone else's view. You know what I'm trying to say? I do. And I remember <laughs> seeing you go through that transformation because you were really, your identity was so, it was tied. Yes. It was tied to Matt's, what Matt's perspective was on things and what his values were. And you are such a creative artist. And I think we talked about the whole 4K versus standard depth. Yes. One of the analogies I use is Jen's got a 4K personality, high definition, and Matt's more that in that black and white. And so he didn't necessarily appreciate or care for some of the beauty. You even just talking about the creek a minute ago, you know, that's just not something that matters as much to him. And so you, though, were placing your own self-worth and your values in what he valued. And like you said, dimming your own light and kind of mirroring him. But I saw you completely transform and start to embrace, I can be me. I can be me and he can be him. And, you know, I don't have to have the same interests. And exactly. And then you really took that and embraced it. And like you created a whole business since we worked together that's thriving. And that's just such a beautiful thing. Matt, what's that like for you to see that, see her change like that? So let me think about it for a second. So to come home and her to be happy because she's achieved something through the day, <laughs> it's really good. Like seeing the happiness um, I, and not coming home and, you know, it being <clears throat> all about me and my day. Cause that's what it was prior to basically, even with Sky, even with the different jobs, which, you know, now this is her job. This is what she's doing. This is what she's yeah. achieving. I wouldn't say it was, no, he was, he's always been really good about like, how's your day been like, and I, I talked your ear off, but I did a photography always artsy, but yeah, it's always been talked about. But I don't know. It's different when it's maybe like seeing it. See, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe seeing it and seeing the achievement. But um, I wanted to say something. I'm sorry. I wanted to say something. I heard that that the bird that I told you about how his reaction was. Fast forward now, just a few days ago or a week ago or something like that. We're in the car and I'm driving him to work because his truck broke down. And he says, "Jen, look how beautiful those trees are. They're on fire." So like. I feel appreciative. Like he has moments like this where he just appreciates the beauty that I hold so dearly and he expresses it and it means the world to me. But, so I just wanted to let you know that that's awesome. So well, <laughs> what was that moment like for you? Were you appreciating it yourself or do, were you knowing that she would? I'm knowing that she would. <laughs> And see that I drive by it every single day. You see it every day, but in that moment, you knew that she would really appreciate it, and it would give her a lot of joy. And so that is what it's all about, you guys. That's so cool. It's not about having to experience it yourself, but knowing our partner and knowing, oh wow, she's going to think this is really great. So I'm going to point it out to her. That is communicating to Jen that you really know her. You know her, and you appreciate her. You see her. And the difference too is, Jen, you're not needing him to love it the way you do but to acknowledge and see that you love it it's really and, sweet. yes and what matt was saying too is to come home and see your joy in life to see you happy it that's important to him 
Whereas before, a lot of that joy was tied to Matt's reflection. Yeah, Matt's reflection of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that comes down to that codependency that we've talked a lot about. That comes up a lot in the work that I do. And those of us who, you know, you guys know, I consider myself, you know, recovering codependent. And we get into relationships where we're wanting to take care of others, kind of compulsively looking for what they need so we can be there, everything. But then we also put our own identity into that too. And we lose ourselves. Hardcore. That was me. I didn't even know it, but how can, you know, point it out. Well, you can't, that's right. It's born out of our backgrounds, which is, is part of what we're bringing to it. And then it's just woven into our psyche. It's woven into who we are until it is pointed out. So what advice do you have? So there are people who are going to be watching this video that are just now wondering if somebody's on the spectrum. There are going to be people who've already figured it out. There are going to be people who are at the brink of divorce and have lost hope. There are going to be people who aren't quite there, but are still really struggling. And there are going to be people who are a little bit further into the process, even some clients that have been through the program. What's some advice that you have or guidance or what do you have to say to these people? I could say. She's got her list. I do. I have, (laughs) I wrote notes. So I'm just going to read it out. Both of us have felt more pain than we ever knew was possible and more deep joy than we ever knew existed. And even though it was very difficult, like it was the hardest thing. Cody helped me with PTSD because I had trauma from my childhood. So that was woven up with everything because I I was bringing a lot of things that I didn't know. So healing from that, learning from it was the absolute hardest thing that we've gone through as a couple. But it's worth it. It is worth it. And yes, I would do it all over again just to be where we are right now. So. So understanding me kind of was like my first stepping stone, you know, sensory overload, which I wasn't even really aware of until we kind of talked about it and sussed out all the different ways that that affects me, which, and then relaying it to her, right? Light touch, because she likes touching and I, I can handle the touch that I give her, you know, put it on her hand or whatever, but she tried to reciprocate. I couldn't stand it for very long. So letting her know that that wasn't me backing away from her, it's just too much. Preference. <laughs> so you prefer not to happen. <laughs> so understanding me and all the different ways that the Asperger's, the ADHD, the rest of it affected me first, and then I could step into it and be like, okay, and to you, your love languages. Yeah, understanding right? myself, understand. taking the test that you suggested helped us immensely. Getting to know us, as mm-hmm. you know, us, and then it, would, it could help us as a couple as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that self-awareness, we kind of go bumbling through life. And if somebody says, do you know yourself? You're like, yeah, of course I do. And then we start to realize that, wait a minute. Okay. Hold on. Maybe I don't actually know myself as well as I thought I did, or I don't realize how different I am from everybody else or how unique I am. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, a, we go through life with our own experiences and we don't realize how different our own personal perceptions and experiences are from what others are experiencing. And I do remember Matt, when we were working with together, 
the whole sensory piece. And it, this happens all the time when I ask folks, you know, do you have any sensory differences? And people are like, nah, no, nah, I really don't. And then I'm like, okay, well, and I start going down the question list of, well, what about this? And what about this? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, actually, you know. And so that was part of, for you, that awareness of, oh, okay, I do experience the world differently. And the word though is different. It's, and this is something that when a lot of folks are afraid of that neurodiverse label because they're worried they're going to be pegged as the problem. This relationship is your fault because you have this thing. And what you guys just said is exact what is necessary is that we each learn ourselves and we learn, okay, this is me and this is you and we're different. We're not supposed to be the same. And okay, now I see you, I see me. And let's figure out how to do this together. And yeah. you guys have really and, just embraced that beautifully. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and then, you know, after that, then it was like, okay, these are the communication steps. So we can work on these yeah. together. And these the label are... for me personally as nothing, I mean, I, I, it's not important. The label of neurodiversity. Well, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's important. Our relationship and how we communicate, that's the importance. The label itself, I don't. You know? Yeah. Well, because it, it is part of who you are or who Matt is, but we all have these things that are part of who we are, but it's really just more about what we do with that. And like, that's the communication piece. So we've already touched on some of the tools that you guys use. What are some of the things that you're, are there anything else you can think of right now that you're really doing differently in the way that you communicate? You, you mentioned the starting with kindness and clarifying. Is there anything else that has just become kind of part of your everyday way of communicating patients. Okay. So when we started a big thing is love language was acts of service. And something that I've noticed from him is the pressure to, for me to do it all, to do the job, to clean the home and everything. He's been beautifully patient. And when I say that, like, it's not something that's even come up anymore. Like there's no more overwhelmed. He comes home and yeah, there might be a whole bunch of clean laundry on the couch, but I have a dream husband. He helps fold the laundry. And it used to bug me because it would be a personal stab to me. Like I would take it as a personal stab. Like I haven't done this, you know, now he has to, oh my gosh, but he's been very great at communicating. That's not the case at all. Can I jump in here? Because what you just said is the double-edged sword that so many women, especially struggle with. So on the one hand, I, they need their part, their husband to recognize that this, this is part of just parenting, you know, the house is messy. When dad comes home, you know, just pick up what's there. We're all in this together. So women desperately want that from their husbands. But then there's that other side of the sword that you just said, you know, I feel guilty that I'm not doing it. I feel judged because I feel like my partner's like, why isn't this done? So if I see my husband picking up the laundry on the sofa, then he's thinking, why didn't she get this done? And I feel criticized and judged, right? I see you guys smile. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't come across your mind at all. Does no, it? No, no. Never has. I'm the one that put that on him. Like, <laughs> and then you, oh my gosh, you're totally owning that. And there are so many women who are going to hear this, who, who are going to be able to relate to that. I know because I talk to them every day and that then puts their husbands in an impossible position 
because you need it from him. But then when he does it, you're like, oh, I feel so judged. And so that's part of that codependency though. And once we, we let go of that, and we're like, you know what? Yeah, I couldn't get to that. Okay. It's just, you know, having kids. Life's hard. Yeah. Life is hard. So, wow. Okay. Anything else? Any, anything else that, that just pops into your mind or anything else you wanted to talk to me about today that we haven't covered? What's on your list uh, that's over there? Well, to add to, there have been not many events that we've gone to, but a few where it's been like, I'm really not into this. And I knew that up front. So we would take you know, separate vehicles. I would last as long as I could in that situation. And then, you know, I could back out and we had pre-planned that or, you know, at the event where I just back away for a little bit. Yeah. I remember but that's something that we that. talked about as a strategy yeah. for you guys when you went out with friends or if it was like a social gathering and Matt, you knew in advance you were going to hit a limit. You guys were still trying to do it together. You were trying to go and you would need to leave and Jen, you'd want to stay. And that would be frustrating for both of you. And so we talked about this, you know, just take separate vehicles. And Jen, we even talked about how do you approach your friends with why Matt's leaving? So what's that been like for you now that you guys have shifted and are using this strategy? It's not a big deal. I don't find it too big deal. It's like, yeah, he's got to go. It's not a big deal. And see, that's the thing in your mind, you aren't assigning that meaning to, oh my gosh, he's leaving. I've got to explain this. And this is embarrassing. That's a whole mindset shift. If it's not a big deal to you, it won't be a big deal to them. If you're totally good with it, they'll be like, okay, what, you know? Yeah. And then you guys each get what you need and you get to hang out together for a while. And then Matt, you get to go home and not feel pressured and stressed about being there. And you can go ahead and find your parking space, you know, that you, <laughs> I remember that was a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Anything else you guys wanted to bring up today? This has been great. So parenting that's changed in a good way. I'm no longer the helicopter mom that I once was. I feel like at that point, codependency. Yes and control. Like I needed to know control is something that I really needed. And now not so much being able to mm -hmm. breathe, you know, let me just respond to that really quickly while you're thinking, Jen, it's so forthcoming for you to say that. And so true because it's so much a part of this whole dynamic that it really isn't one partner. We're both always bringing our own stuff in and for you to be able to recognize, okay, this is part of what I was bringing to this that was contributing to this thing. And it's both of you learning and healing and growing that has really gotten you where you are now. And there are a lot of people who are really hurt and in a lot of pain. And I tell my clients all the time, we are very painfully aware of what is wrong with our partner, you know, what our spouse is bringing to it, what they're doing, but it's a lot harder to look at us and go, okay, what am I doing to contribute mm -hmm. to this? And you're just beautifully sharing how you saw your share in this. And Matt, you too, you knew you, you had to really get to know yourself. And once we're willing to be vulnerable like that with our partner, there has to be safety. You know, there has to be safety and you guys, your safety was in knowing that you do indeed love each other. That yeah. safety was there. 
And then you were able to be vulnerable to really start looking at yourselves and doing your own work. And now it's, you know, a year later, it's so wonderful to talk to you guys and see, you know, Jen's been pinging me off and on <laughs> the last year and she'll be like, we're doing great. You know, you're, you'll be on a live or something. Mm -hmm. And it's great to talk to you and hear all this. It's just fantastic. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank you. Just, I want to real quick. When I got with Jody, I was asking her, help me with my marriage. Something is wrong. And then Jody, like, analyzed this. She does her magic and she's like, Jen, we have work to do. <laughs> what? No, I, I wasn't completely oblivious to it either. Like, I, I knew obviously there's two stories, there's two humans. And the, I had a background that was fun. And so I knew that there was work to do, but I was surprised just a tad that I had a lot of work to do. You're not alone in that, especially when I'm doing the intensive and the neurotypical partner is coming into it thinking we're going to, we're going to look at how neurodiversity is affecting our relationship. That's going to be the focus. And that's why a lot of people who are the eyed neurodiverse are like, oh, I don't know about this. So when we do start diving in, when I start diving in with the neurotypical partner, same reaction as the wait, what? This is not wait. I didn't know we were here for me. I didn't know we were, we were going to do this part, but you really embraced it and look at the results. It's look at the it's, result. You said you've been through a lot of pain. It's been hard, but it's worth it. Yeah, it yeah. is absolutely worth it. My parenting beforehand was fear-based. So when I say control, it was fear of what could happen. Yeah. So I needed to control it so nothing would happen or a relationship fear-based. Mm -hmm. And that had a lot to do with my upbringing and PTSD and all the things. And now that that's sorted out, which is very important, I definitely support and recommend getting help if you need it. But yeah, so. That's a huge thing. The fear-based parenting. I think is the driving force for so many parents, you know, the what ifs we talked about, you know, what ifing, you know, what if, and there's a difference between what ifing and knowing that whatever happens, I'll deal with it. I can handle it. I will handle it. And I can handle it because we can't, what if everything it's impossible. And you can't control everything either. And yeah. It's really empowering. You feel like you've got control, but really when you let go of the control, you actually are even more empowered. That is very true. And oh my God, the, <laughs> that happens when you let that happen. It just, before I was very, <laughs> all, all the time. And now it's a different life. I can see a real difference in you, you know, cause I, I walked alongside you during a lot of that. Process. <laughs> you saw me cry you know, a lot, you know, but that's part of that. That's part of the healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add, Matt? No, I'm good. This is okay. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me. Um, it's so good to talk to you guys and to see your faces. And this video is really going to help a lot of people. I, I have another person who went live with me who was in, may have even, no, I don't remember. She may have been in one of the, the coaching groups that you guys were in, but I get so much feedback from her and I know people are going to love to watching this, it's going to give a lot of people hope and direction. And I appreciate you taking the time to chat yeah, with me and come back anytime. Remember to tune in each week for a new episode of your neurodiverse relationship podcast. Now, remember, this is your podcast and I want to talk to you. 
share with me your personal experiences with neurodiversity. If you're a professional working with autism, I'd also like to talk to you. To be a guest on the show, the link is in the episode description where you can book a time for a recorded chat with me. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any of the wonderful conversations we're having here and the relationship insights and tips that I have for you. Until next time.